Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of April 4th, 2022. Alongside Hunter Pulaski and Petoskey, I'm Peter Garber in Chicago. The Great Lakes Golf Podcast is brought to you by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. It is Masters Week. Spring is here and we're ready to tee it up. It's the best event of the year. Plus, we're going to take you around the PGA Tours, give you an update on what's happening in the college golf world, including some of our Michigan and Michigan State uh, folks in action at the Augusta National Women's Amateur. And of course, James Pyatt, reigning U.S. Amateur Champion, will be playing in the Masters this week as well. Also had a Michigan participant in the drive, chip, and putt. We'll touch on that and get you full preview and our picks for the Masters, including the latest on Tiger Woods, who just did his media availability uh, before recording of this podcast. So thanks for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Radio 104.7 FM, The Ticket, Charlevoix, Petoskey, Boyne City, 93.7 FM, The Ticket, Cadillac, and Traverse City, Wednesday nights at 7. All right, let's kick it off here with a little, it's Tuesday morning, noonish. We waited for Tiger, but I know you wanted to touch on the game from last night, Kansas with a historic comeback to beat North Carolina. That was a, a tale of two halves last night for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. Holy moly. I had never uh, – the defense that North Carolina played in the first half around the rim was some of the best defense I've ever seen. They would like they gave up nothing easy, and then they lost every ounce of that ability in the second half. And nor- I don't know why <laughs> you could see it right off the get go in the second half. Kansas just pressed the ever living crap out of um, North Carolina. Like they they extended the floor all the way to the pretty much to half court. Um, it would le- like nothing easy, and you could kind of see the the tides turning. True, uh, talk about needing to have a bench. Like the North Carolina suffered from not having any bench at all. I mean, you had, you had five guys. And when 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 uh, Brady Manick takes gets concussed in the first five minutes of the game, <laughs> how many did you watch any of the game? Am, am I like am I just talking to space right now, or do you have any? Were you watching at all? Did you see him get hit in the face twice? I was watching. Uh, <laughs> I, it was more of like a passive. I got to tell you, I, I was less interested in this year's NCAA tournament for some reason than I have been almost any previous year. I don't know. I don't know why exactly. So I was an observer last night, but it was more of passive observation. I watched the last few minutes closely when it got, you know, really interesting. But no, man, I was doing all my master's prep. Come on now. Yeah, that's Got to fit in my research sometime. Got to go do my custom models. Well, I am proud of you because I actually have written in my notes Did Peter catch the tip. But I was thinking about, I forgot about the hour difference. So eight, eight. you don't have as much of a complaint as what the East Coasters uh, come up with on Championship Mondays. Yeah, but people who people who, yeah, that's a legitimate gripe. Oh, hundred percent. Like, I thought I was. To, I turned it on. I figured it was going to be seven twenty. I figured it was going to be CBS. I was wrong on both accounts. So I put the TV on after I put Brady to bed, and couldn't find it. Looked it up. Find out it was TBS or TNT or whatever it was. What a joke! And uh, use up the rest of your minutes. It didn't start till eight twenty Central, and I thought. <laughs> They were really, they kind of lost me before now, but now I'm, now I'm, now they've really, really double lost, double secret lost me. How many minutes do you have, did you have left on your, uh, your March Madness account? Not enough, 39. <laughs> so I had to, uh, log in through my computer and use my alias to be able to successfully oh. watch the uh, second half. So, so anyway, kind of back to what I, what I was saying that the North Carolina really ran with five guys and when, um, their big guy, um, who I, I'm blanking on his name right now, who I shouldn't be because he's like the embodiment of everything that I like, want to be as a basketball player. He got so many, what? What was his? Um, Baycott, yeah, Baycott, yeah, Baycott. Uh, he would he had six double doubles. One, I mean, every he had a double double in every single game. He was a monster. He's playing on one leg. He he had, he was one that had that ankle injury last in the semifinals against Duke. Um, so you had got one guy with one leg, one guy that was concussed, and really no bench. So, <laughs> and he hurt his ankle again at the. At the, at the did you see? Um, I didn't the see floor, this until this the morning. The floor moved. Yeah. 
Holy b- <laughs> floorboard. The floorboard was loose. This is the prop. Dude, it's slippery floors, and so, I get it. The NCAA has got to get their bread, but they should not be converting non-basketball arenas into hardcore arenas. I, 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 I don't think that part's dangerous, but also these guys are, you know, they're, they leave the court when they check out of the game and they're going like, you know, they're just going down into the basement at the edge of the court just to get to the bench. So the, the whole thing is, has got to be looked at because you can't be having guys drive to the basket and have the floor quite literally move beneath them. No, it, it's, 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 <laughs> it was pretty crazy to see, but in, in all fairness, like there are, there are so many courts these days that are built on top of, uh, like ice rinks, like Little Caesars, perfect example. So I know it, logistically it's possible. There's needs that just can't happen. Not not in that situation. I don't know if 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 that floor wouldn't have moved if he still would have buckled his ankle. I, it's hard to say because it was probably already weak as as thin as it was. Um, but congratulations to Kansas. Uh, I mean, I would have liked to see. I don't even know why. I said it before we started recording. I don't know why I wanted to see North Carolina win. I think maybe just the eight seed, first time coach. I'm not a North Carolina fan at all, but I think the story would have been a little cooler um, if they would have won. But similar to what Remarkable you said, remarkable comeback from Kansas. And yeah, you're right. They just decided. I did notice enough, and in listening to some of the guys talk after the game, just good job by Bill Self. He just just like went in. And he's like, all right, we're going to speed this game up. Yeah, and we're going to tire them out. We're going to try to get more possessions, more easy baskets, create more opportunities offensively. Could try to get them in foul trouble, et cetera, et cetera. Like, just we're just going to change the pace of the game. And North Carolina didn't handle that well. No, it's it's difficult to give up that substantial a lead. They. You know, I'm sure there's some North Carolina fans who feel like they should have been able to coach themselves out of that comeback, given the lead they built. But you got to give Kansas credit on the other hand as well. No, I I totally agree, and it's the TV timeouts are longer in in the tournament and things like that. But to play at that pace for 40 minutes, just go back to not having a bench. Need to need to at least have like two guys and come off that can at least be warm bodies, and they literally had nobody. The guy that came in for Puff Johnson came off the bench. He was really good, but the other guy was just terrible, awful. I don't know how he has a scholarship. All right, you want to talk? It's a little harsh. No? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm so eager to talk about the Masters that you know we should. You want to move on and get into the Valero? Yeah, let's just. Qu- I think we should quickly. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I have a joke. JJ has spawned. <laughs> Something like. Something like that. We, we're, That's we're, not even. We that gotta, doesn't even qualify as like a dad joke. That's we got to so uh, workshop that a little bit. But there's something. Yeah. There's something there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there is. <laughs> yeah, I think he hit it like two ten to one too, which is painful because I was I had hostler tickets at one twenty five and one forty, and when you back a long shot, it stings worse when they lose to another long shot. Even in this case, a longer shot, but. That was a hell of a Sunday from JJ. Doubles the first hole and then proceeds to just decide at that point that he's not going to make another mistake and just made everything. Like, I've never seen him putt like that. Obviously, he's a great, he gets, can get really hot with the irons. And I'm pretty sure he's a fairly reliable driver of the ball as well. As for the short game is all that's really held him back. And, Shows you what you know, like he gets one day, one weekend where he's knocking everything in, and the broadcast was making a huge deal out of his putting too. But he did have a lot of testers coming down the stretch, and he made them all. And that's while while Bo was hitting it into the damn oaks on every hole, and then having to scramble and eventually sculling at OB out of the bunker, which is a pretty impressive thing to have done. So, um. You don't see guys fight swings like you saw Bo fight swing on on Sunday on the PGA. Boy, he's standing over it. And the day before, <laughs> really on Saturday, he actually had me believing because he didn't pull well on Saturday, and the ball striking was terrific. And I'm thinking, well, geez, I was I wasn't even serious about this until now. And then, of course, gets the lead on the front nine, and you're thinking, you can't help but start thinking, 
not like I'd have a nice cash here if he keeps it up, but it was, it never seemed like he was in control of the tournament because you're right, he was in, in control of the swing. Uh, yeah, it was a good, a good week. Streelman bailed me out. He buried the last hole after missing a ton of putts on Sunday to sneak inside the top 20, which was the, my biggest bet of the week. Those FanDuel parlays are going to be danger zone. The finishing position parlays. I'll be right back into that this week. I had Kuchar, Streelman, and Neesmith. So I was two out of three there. And, you know, like the one I was building for this week is 10 to win 180. And it's like, that's the top 10, 20, 30 this week because of the field size. But um, FanDuel also interestingly has longer outright odds on a lot of players this week than some of the other books. So they're kind of mixing it up. I, I think if you're going to bet on the masters, make sure you take a look over there. But was I not right that TBC San Antonio is something of an eyesore for a television show? Yeah, it's quite, uh, it's quite displeasing. I would go as far as saying, um, it's just got a certain ugliness to it. It's the time of year. It's the time it of year, be. isn't it? It might be. Like I think it's that got grass kind of turns a brownish, green. grayish look to it. It does. Yeah. We sound so snobby. I'm sure. I mean, it's a good test of golf. I'll give it that. Yeah, you can I mean, be. You can. You can still have some some good qualities without being attractive. Like uh, yes. Austin Country Club. Yeah, it's what's on good, the inside that counts. Good personality. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out where my boy finished this week, Mister Texas. Charlie Hoffman. Did he? Not make no, I thought the... you were going to say Ryan Palmer. No. no, your buddy Charlie Hoffman, who you were convinced was going to top twenty, did not uh, make the cut. Hunter, he I couldn't sorry. even. If he couldn't even find his form in Texas, he's a lost cause. I, don't know what, I honestly don't see him on the leaderboard. Where is he? Well, I we'll thought he back. was. I thought he was kind of like hovering around. Yeah, like two oh, or three over, oh, I think. Uh, two over, two over. So, I will be back on Bo Hostler. I'm not done riding that weird, bizarre roller coaster. And uh, I will be betting him as soon as we get back into Texas, which I think is Colonial. No, actually, I think there's one before Craig Ranch. Craig Ranch just screams Bill Hosler because I think you can spray it there. So just kind of got that same look as TPC San Antonio, except possibly more forgiving off the tee. Look out, baby. We're going to hit one of these suckers. That was a that was a wild ride because I'm thinking, oh, he could win, and then he makes the just horrendous seven. And then I had to start worrying that he wasn't going to hit the each way, which I had that, that I had spent on my – Masters DraftKings lineups by by midday Sunday, so I I was thankful for something of a rally after the double to close it out. Yeah, he hung strong. But yeah, it's a nice light appetizer for the Masters because going from that to this, you know, it even drives the point home even more that Augusta is one of the most spectacular places on earth. Uh, somebody, I saw somebody on Twitter this weekend say that they would rather if it was just televised practice rounds <laughs> this this past week of the Masters rather than <laughs> rather than the Texas Open. And I, I like kind of like I was like started like kind of nodding my head and I go, yeah, I kind of like that idea. That's that would, mean, but it's yeah, that's mean, but it's funny. <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's really all I got about the Valero. Can you take us around the tours and then we got to touch on still got a lot to get to. You got to touch on the uh, ladies put on a show at Augusta over the weekend. That was, that's a good alternative to watching the Texas open. That was fun. That involved some local people and uh, you know, we had some other guys in action and on the corn Ferry tour as well. So do you want to take us around the tours? Yeah, let's uh, we got a lot to get to. So let's, we'll get started with the LPGA who actually had their, uh, their first major of the year, I believe. So that's the, it's now the Chevron championship. It used to be, what did it used to be called? It's the longest, longest standing tournament at, at a single location in, in California. It's actually moving next year, which is causing some, um, 
some serious uh, uproar from from the LPGA community and its fans. So we'll see how that plays out. But they were they were in Mission Hills, California. Uh, Jennifer Cup Cupcho uh, had up to a seven shot lead on Sunday. Uh, darn near blew it. Uh, got it down to only two over Jessica Corda. Ended up winning by two. She took home uh, the uh, first place prize and was able to jump into Poppy's Pond for the uh, the final time unless something happens. Sounds like it's a huge money grab. I tried to do some research on it um, this uh, this past weekend. It sounds like it has something to do with just lack of fan support uh, at this location, um, but this seems like the players really like it. It's been the same course now for about 50 years, so it will be. It sounds like they're moving to Texas next year. Um, was that why the Chevron executive was booed during the trophy ceremony, or was that just because of gas prices? Uh, no, that was uh, that was the former. Something to do with them moving the location is it was my understanding. Those LPGA fans are quite outspoken. Uh, darn yeah, darn right there. Um, and then just uh, quickly, they are playing. They have a week off, and then they April thirteenth through the sixteenth, they are playing. I don't know how to pronounce this. The uh, it's L O T T E Latte Championship in Hawaii. So we will give you some stats on that when it when it uh, when it happens. On to the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, T J Vogel, first time first time winner on the Corn Ferry at the age of thirty one years old, finished at seventeen under at the Club Car Championship. At the landings in uh, Savannah, Georgia, one clear of Ryan Blom and Mark Anderson. We did have some boots on the ground watching uh, Joey play. Uh, sounds like this is from uh, Mr. Mr. Connolly. Sounds like he played awesome the first day. Started four four birdies in the first seven holes and in twenty miles an hour of wind. Uh, kind of hung out and strong for the second day, and then so he did make the cut. Uh, and then it sounds like he he had a tough, tough go out on Sunday. It sounds like the course. I don't know if you have any further information, Peter, but it sounds like the course was playing uh, pretty hard, which is uh, fairly common for uh, for the landings. Yeah, Saturday was a tough day. That may or may not have resulted from a. This is why people joke about this kind of thing when I bring this up, but when you have a small child and your family travels with you on the road, that can be complicated. So not that that necessarily had anything to do with this particular situation. I'm not blaming my niece. (laughs) We're we're victim shaming. A one-year-old, but less than one-year-old. That may have possibly played something of a role. But, yeah, I mean, the story kind of the week, the early week was the weather, um, particularly on Thursday. I don't know, Vogel Blum and those other guys, like I saw Hubbard was playing well this week too. I'm not sure if those guys had afternoon tea times on Thursday, but it was so windy uh, Thursday morning when those guys went off that I was, I was surprised to see even the, uh, even I think if somebody shot maybe four under a few guys shot three under, I think Robbie Shelton shot three under on Thursday morning. Joey ended up shooting two under, I think like those were all really good scores in those conditions because I even saw some video footage and it's like, there's leaves like blowing all around the great. It's like, you know, imagine the windiest conditions that you've ever played in like winds coming off Lake Michigan or whatever in the fall. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that. Granted it was in the fifties temperature wise, but yeah, it was cool and windy for sure. So another under is a good score there over four days. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. So still another, uh, another made cut for Joey. I think that's only one missed cut in the last while now so it's good to see him uh continuing to play some solid golf on to the uh the collegiate ranks uh a lot of off weeks for the michigan boys and girls uh, michigan boys are off until april 11th and 12th when they head to starkville mississippi to play in the mossy oak collegiate uh, michigan state boys are still off until the rutherford 
uh, April 16th and 17th at Penn State University. And then the Michigan girls and Michigan State, Michigan girls and the Michigan State girls were both both also off, but for good reason because they had a couple of participants playing in the uh, Augusta National Women's Amateur, which took place over uh, this past weekend. Uh, if, if you are not familiar, first two rounds take place at the uh, Champions Retreat Golf Course uh, just outside of Augusta. And then the final round, if you make the cut, is at uh, Augusta National. We had three participants, uh, two from Michigan, one from Michigan State. Uh, Haley Baja, or Borja um, from Michigan, she's a junior, finished uh, 12th place at the uh, Augusta Women's Am- Amateur. And then Ashley Lau, who we've talked about uh, a ton on this uh, on this podcast, uh, an absolute wagon shot, didn't play her best uh, this week, shot 78, 75 to miss the cut. And then Valerie Plata from Michigan State uh, shot 80, 76 to also miss the cut. Uh, Michigan girls uh, off until the April 9th and 10th when they had uh, uh, Indiana Invitational before that that's their last stop before the Big Ten Championship and then the Michigan State girls are also off until the uh, Buckeye Invitational April 15th and 16th their last stop before Big Ten Championship <clears throat> and finally one of my favorite events well well actually let me let me finish up with the Augusta uh, National Amateur so yeah, we had can a, you mention can you mention the winner and yes. this she's a bet that she's 16 years old yes so uh the winner of the Augusta National Women's Amateur was none other than a high schooler uh, Anna Davis who is 16 years old kind of out of the nowhere uh she she did win a a PGA Championship event uh an amateur event, but she is currently ranked prior to this event was ranked a hundred in the world golf rankings for women's women's amateurs. Um, so kind of came under the radar, played a really it's still good though for 16 years old. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, uh, yes, it is. Uh, I get it. You're not, you're saying like, she's not, she didn't have a reputation of being a top amateur in the world. So, and that's so she's even not, crazier that she's 16. Yeah. She's, but. she's playing against, Girls that are, I mean, Ashley Lau, for example. Winning college tournaments. Yes. So the um, a lot of those ladies that, that finished around her that maybe falter a little bit on, on would that have been Saturday? On, on whatever their final yes, final was round Saturday. was. And it was, it was very dramatic. So I, I will kind of, I will, I, will, uh, I will walk you through it. So so Anna, uh, Anna Davis posted a 69 uh, at Augusta National, uh, really solid round of golf, and then it, it was kind of up to um, what is I have stone. I, I know it's it's something. I want to say it's it's not Anna Stone. I can look it up real quick. But anyways, um, the leader of the event had just made a a three foot birdie on sixteen, hit it to three feet on the par three to make birdie, and then on seventeen. So at this point, she is should have been too clear of the lead. Yes, too clear of the lead. Uh, on 17, she hit it short of the bunker on her approach shot. Hit it over, not over the green, but had a, I believe it was a, a lengthy putt for par. Ended up missing that. Missed the next putt to make a, a six on 17. So she needed a par on 18 to, to get into a playoff with uh, Anna Davis. Ended up hitting into the right trees. Um, having to lay up short, hit her third shot to about 15 feet and then uh and then missed that so i mean yeah her name is latana stone and she goes to lsu thank you so to to see to anna kind of go about her business and post this number and then just see uh these collegiate players who are top 10 um in the world falter um pretty impressive I mean, she's got to be. I, mean, I saw some quotes. I mean, she's just speechless as far as um, the outcome. I mean, she, she couldn't have expected this in her wildest dreams, or maybe she did. And that's that's the cool thing. Yeah, she was cool as a cucumber and handled it beautifully. And her interview was, you know, she was thrilled and nervous, and it was just a very genuine sort of moment. And it was, it's great of Augusta to to do that. Back to Haley Borgia. I mean, she played really well. I mean, five over. Five over total, tie for twelfth. Between her and Ashley Lau, 
the Michigan girls are a pretty <laughs> darn good team. Which is, it's crazy to think that we really haven't mentioned Haley's name that often on this podcast, and she just finished 12th at one of the top amateur events in the world um, for women. So to, and then there are between Ashley Lau and then um, Annika Dai, they have a really solid, I mean, I could see them making a, a very deep run in, um, at nationals or at the national championship. So cool thing about it is more on Haley real quick. She was actually fifth in the 2021 NCAA women's individual championship shot 68 in the final round. She was actually the first in the history of the university of Michigan women's golf program to qualify for the final round of, of NCAA individual championship stroke play. Um, Awesome. So she had a really great finish to her sophomore year, and now she's into her junior season where she's had two top six finishes last, had two top six finishes last fall, which is the beginning of the 2022 season. Not, uh, not bad. So we will keep you, uh, we'll keep you updated on, on how the Michigan girls fare here as they uh, wind down their uh, spring season. And then finally, uh, as I was saying, one of my all-time favorite events of this of the year is the Drive Chip and Putt Championship, which takes place Sunday morning. This past Sunday morning, uh, ages seven through fourteen, I think seven through fifteen, maybe. Uh, I just think this is uh, Mac and I watched this. I think this is one of the the coolest things as like a parent to uh, the parents uh, kid relationship uh, really blossoms here in this in this event. And we actually had a a Michigan participant uh, uh, by the name of Bentley Kuhn, which is an all-time name, really, really cool name. Uh, he won the boys 10 through 11 division. Uh, he is from Horton, which is just southwest of Jackson. Uh, he is the first uh, drive, chip, and putt national champion from Michigan since uh, none other than P.J. Maybank uh, back in 2018. So, uh Congratulations to Bentley. And then finally, uh, a, a pretty feel-good story here. Uh, the winner of the girls 7 through 9 division, a uh, girl by the name of Autumn Soulsby, is like, take, take a, or you can keep listening to this, but like, go Google Autumn Soulsby. She was adopted in 2019. Had never, she grew up in foster care, had never picked up a golf club prior to 2019 and she has one of the sweetest golf swings i've ever seen she just won the dry trip and putt after never playing golf before two years ago three years ago when she was seven um so pretty inspirational stuff she like i said she did win and um her golf swing is so awesome it is like that should be taught like that should be a in teaching books teaching videos so Worth Autumn Soulsby, worth a Google search, and that's really uh, that's really all I have from the the local slash amateur ranks, college ranks, all that good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Hunter. And it's uh, nice to see those. It feels like a nice precursor to the Masters this week to have the uh, drive chip and putt, and then even before that the. A conclusion of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Mm-hmm. So that's really, uh, you know, like it's all wrapped up. Now we get ready to the, for the par three, which if you're listening to this on radio Wednesday night, you know, maybe you got to watch some of that earlier today, which is always really fun and a chance for the players to involve their uh, their fi- their families in the week. So there's a lot of reasons why this is, uh, you know, the best tournament of the year. And that's why we're going to devote the rest of this podcast to uh this event so i'll start as i normally do with the course i think everybody knows augusta national um pretty well this is of course the only major that does not change venues so yet another thing that makes it special is we are here at this time of the year every year and um, as a result of that, course history is a huge factor uh, this week, especially when you take into consideration the fact that there's a lot of more veteran uh, type of winners here uh, over the years. So it's it's a par 72, four par fives, four par threes. Um, 
over 7,500 yards. Two holes have been lengthened since the last Masters here, one of which is 15. Uh, and it sounds like, based on what I've heard, it's, it is made enough of a difference on 15 that there will be more layups this year. So um, that's interesting. That's something to look for. It puts the shorter hitters possibly spare with me here. Stay with me at a less of a disadvantage. If more of the field has to lay up on 15, I know that maybe sounds backwards. Um, and perhaps you could also argue that it solidifies the advantage for the truly longest players uh, in the field. A lot of which are favorites this, a lot of whom are favorites this week. Uh, Bobby Jones and Alistair McKenzie designed nine things to know is a good article on pjtour.com. If you want a little refresher on the history of Augusta national, um, it's a more complicated and, and challenging history than you might guess based on how successful the club is today and is known for turning down certain people who want to be members there. Um, the club really struggled in its early stages. They couldn't even pay Alistair McKenzie um, throughout much of the design process and even the early years of the club. It is bent grass. They, it used to be Bermuda and then they changed it to bent grass because they wanted the greens to be faster. So it is, we, these are some of the fastest greens of the year. When you combine the speed of bent grass, which you can cut shorter and can run faster than the other styles of grass with the extreme undulation and sloping that's built into the greens, which is a factor not only on putting and lag putting and three putt avoidance, but proximity because you do need to play. These are very large greens, but you need to play into specific quadrants of the greens that are defined by these large undulations. Uh, Fairways are very wide here. However, and there's no rough. Well, there's a cut of rough, but it's, the rough is not penal. The pine straw can be penal, uh, especially when as the greens firm up throughout the week, but we've still seen great recovery shots out of the pine straw. You, you, know, you think about Phil on 13, pulling it up into the pine straw up on the hill and then getting it out to about five feet. He did miss the putt, but then went on to win that master. So, you, you know, you will see some good recovery shots here. There's, you know, there are some, you can hit it into the Creek, you know, there's water and play on 12, 13, 15 Sander hit it in the water on 16 uh, late in the event last year, which is not something that's common, but you know, by and large, it's a little more generous off the tee to misses. However, per, being precise with your driver can be a huge advantage this week because it gives you proper angles and, you know, you will see guys really trying to get it. I got to be on the right side of the fairway here. I got to be on the left side of the fairway here. So it still puts a premium on, you know, ball striking and, and accuracy. Um, of course, on the tough side, there's w- winning score, you know, Hideki, I think was the second lowest highest depending on how you look at it i think it was 10 under he got to 13 under i think at one point on the back nine but ended up at 10 under that was one of the lower ones i think sergio's was at nine under and then you know you can get up into dj shot 20 but that was in the wet november fake 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 masters yeah it can get into like the 17 18 range right so it sounds like weather's going to be a factor this week I wasn't quite sure it, from what I'm there's a storm right now. I was watching the coverage this morning and they they blew the horns at probably about 10:45 Eastern time. But I wasn't it looked like like just once this passed like we weren't going to be <clears throat> weekend definitely fine. Maybe it was Thursday that had some some weather just maybe a little colder than what you would expect for early April that time. It, early April in the, that part of the country. But so looking at um, the forecast, 
for, yeah, so it looks like tomorrow not looking great, but then Thursday, lower chance to rain, Friday, low chance to rain, no rain on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, so maybe by the weekend it clears up, but I would watch the weather both to try to see if there's a draw advantage if you're playing DraftKings or betting. If you're waiting on numbers and if you have tickets, you know, it is what it is. You're hoping for the best. But also, I think it, it might be worth taking into a little bit of consideration if indeed it does rain as is forecast that there's in Friday and the course isn't quite as firm. You know, certain some of these guys like it like that. They win on tracks like that. I mean, I know I've said this a million times. Probably people out there are laughing, but that's it. that helps Rory. Justin Thomas is good, is fine with conditions like that. Obviously, DJ won here in November when it was, you know, it's certainly not going to get that wet, but, you know, it can be tricky when weather's involved. It's another variable that's complicating the issue in terms of determining which players you want to back, but sounds like it's going to be more of a factor potentially this week than what we're accustomed to seeing at Augusta National. Yeah, and this is so this is we this is twelve forty five Eastern time. The the tee times have been released for the first two rounds uh within the last twenty minutes or so. So we'll try to get this out this afternoon. So that they are the picks are not the picks, the uh the tee times are available. For- yeah, I just think you gotta yeah, familiarize yourself with the tee times and the waves. See which of your key players that you're looking at, what time they're gonna be teeing off, and then if you haven't pulled the trigger or you're playing draft games, which obviously you can you can revise up until the start time, you know, get one last look at the weather forecast late Wednesday night and make your final determinations about whether or not there's gonna be a wave advantage and invest accordingly. Um, key stats, par five scoring is huge here. So this is a this is a difficult golf course that yields birdies and eagles. Um eagles are huge here. They are huge. We've seen guys do it without it, but Hideki uh, made Eagles last year and on his way to victory, um, DJ did as well. 13 and 15 are gettable. You have to take advantage of the par fives. Uh, Same could be said for eight, two. So, and then it's kind of hang on time. You know, I think Decky was last year was one over on all but the par five. So he ended up 11 under on the par fives, one over everywhere else. That was his formula. That's a good formula for Augusta national is. So I think if you want, if you're going to look at stats, par five scoring is one total driving or good drives gained, uh, even driving distance can be brought into consideration here because this is a very long golf course. Um, scrambling. You have to be able to scramble here. You need to have a deft touch around the greens. It's a complicated, whenever scrambling, I, I want to say of the last 10 winners or so, they've all finished the week top 20 in greens and reg and scrambling which is kind of funny to think about that as a combination. But that's a unique skill set. Think about Tiger Woods. One year, what, five times? He's four times, five times. Five times. He, he's one of the few great players that has his lights out with his irons, but is also a great scrambler when he misses the green. Um. So if you have a good combination of those two skill sets, you you are set up to play well here as long as you're not wild with your driver, which is why I think a lot of people are on Justin Thomas this week. Um, and then you got to be able to approach the green here, you know, obviously, which is the most important statistic every week on the PGA Tour, and and you know is is important this week as well. Cam Smith, I thought it interesting pointed out that he thinks 130 to 140 is one of the really key distances at Augusta national. In addition to to saying that creativity and a really good short game is key to success here. He obviously has a great record here and it's going to be touted by a lot of people as a, as a good pick this week. Um, 
but that I, that I found interesting that that 130 to 140 range he found to be crucial. It made me think of Rory and wondering if perhaps that's why he's been so far unable to break through here, even though he seems to, you know, he seems he feels automatic at this course in terms of being in and around contention and yet hasn't broken through. Obviously he's just a green jacket away from the career grand slam, which remains a rare feat in this sport. So, you know, that's the course. Um, I think we all know it well. From a strategy perspective and just gambling generally, I got to tell you, dude, this is one of the, I find this to be one of the hardest weeks of the year for betting. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't know what, it's certainly not uh, easy. I mean, there's just, there's just so many, which is not without saying, there's just so many guys I feel like could win this event more so than, than a lot of other weeks. And, and, and that seems, seems more than obvious, but I mean, there's guys that I see it's that, this. Yeah. It's the combination of being so high quality and then being so short. You know, that's just a it's just a shorter major field than an open. Mm-hmm. So, and then the you know kind of similar to the PGA in the sense that we have the club pros of the PGA, but not not like this. You know, and and then on top of that, we have had long shots here, but percentage wise, it's rarer here than other places, and. It's also more common here for the winner to be 21 odds at 20 to one or under. And that they all, you know, the vast majority are 50 to one and under. Um, And then you look at 50 to one, everybody 50 to one and under. I mean, the 50 to ones are, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, are Lowry, who people love, Burns, who won in his last start, and Tiger Woods, who has five masters. So, you know, like, and then you, that's the, those are the longest guys in the range, you know, of winners. That's to say nothing of the quality behind them. And then, you know, obviously the top of the board is stacked. So let's go through it as of right now, just short, just shy of 1 p.m. Eastern Tuesday on DraftKings. Rams, your betting favorite at nine to one. Scheffler and Thomas are at 12 to one. Cam Smith, 14, DJ, 16, Hovland, Rory McIlroy, Kyle Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, 20 to 1, Jordan Speed, 22, Patrick Cantley, 25, Will Zalatoris, Hideki Matsuyama, and somehow Russell Henley, 35 to 1. Huh? You heard that correct. Who? Daniel Berger. I know, it's, it's the... Most the two most staggering numbers of the week are, and you probably won't find the Bryson number staggering, but one is Russell, and it's because of how short it is 35 to 1. Two appearances here, hasn't played in years, did play well in his two previous tries. He's a model superstar, and he's he's ball striking extraordinaire. But DraftKings appears to know something the rest of us do not. They basically priced him so that you cannot bet him. Um, Daniel Berger, crazy to say the name after that is Daniel Berger at 40, who grades out really well here, but has never really played great here. I think Bryson is the other one guy that I was going to say, just it's like, whoa, he is 45 to one. I know he said he was 80%, but then I saw him Hulk smashing drivers on the range too. So, you know, he's 80%. Can you just confirm? That was eighty percent full of crap, is what he is. Who that was that was Russell Henley. Isn't you said? What was thirty-five this? to one? This. Okay, he's still he's still fifty-five to one on Barstool. I don't know what DraftKings is. What are they? What are they eating this morning? That's. Can you you want to do me a favor? Will you pull up FanDuel. Do you have FanDuel? Uh, I do. I don't know if I have my login hooked up to this. Computer. It's okay. It's okay. But they just have they have longer odds on a lot of these guys. So DKs are probably the shortest, but um, 
Louis is right there with Bryson at 45, and then closing out the 50s, like I said, Lowry, Burns, and Woods are all at 50. However, there's some interesting guys between 50 and 100, so I'm going to keep going. Connors is 55 with Fitzpatrick, Leishman, Adam Scott, and Tyrrell Hatton. I expect almost all those players to draw interest. Tony Fina has a great record here. He's 60 to 1 with Paul Casey. Neiman, who blasted everybody at the Genesis, which some people will say Riviera is a comp course to Augusta, 65 with Bubba, two time former champ. Horschel, 70 to 1, has a poor record here. Sung JM, who got second place in his first try here, 75 to 1. Rose, who has a great record here. Fleetwood Garcia, winner here. Reed, Homa, Answer, all 80 to 1. Siwoo Kim, 90 to 1. Gary Woodland, 100 to 1. Those are your 100 to 1 and unders as of Tuesday, early afternoon on DraftKings. Like I said, FanDuel has longer odds on a lot of the players especially as you get away from the top. Um, if you're in Illinois, I have Bet Rivers, Illinois. Justin Thomas and John Rahm are co-favorites at 11-1 to 1 on Bet Rivers. If you like John Rahm this week, he's a great Masters record. Um, just make sure you book shop because I think you're going to find the difference of a point or two, even, at the, even with the top 15 or 20 players. But... All right, so there's your 100 to 1 and unders, Hunter. 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 Anybody who stands out? And do you have a betting strategy or lack thereof this week? Uh, I have four names in mind. Four. Uh, so I'm going to bet four players, I think. First off, I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure what you meant by the Bryson, if I was going to be, because I'm not sure if I should be thinking it's lower or higher. See, that's what I mean. <laughs> so I'm not even sure which way you want me to think about this. Uh, I just saw a stat yesterday. Bryson, since 2019, the has the most three putts of any player at Augusta. He can't putt there. 23 putts in three years worth of tournaments. That's ridiculous. That's terrible. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. I mean, there's a lot of three putts at Augusta, but that's odd because he is a great putter. And that's and that's what. Um, if that's the only thing holding him back here, Hunter. Uh, I, it seems like he's a ball striking fit. Now, granted, I don't think this is his week. He's got no lead in form, questionable health. I get it, but like the other thing, if I, anybody's going to do it under these circumstances, like I'm not going to bet him at 45. But 45 is a long number for a player of that caliber. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, I don't think he's. I mean, he hasn't been worth a damn in the last uh, like year. It feels like. Oh, he hasn't been playing. Yeah, which exact exactly? Did you hear the story about how he hurt himself? By the way, uh, long drive championship. I have no idea. No, playing ping pong. <laughs> well, is that that's this excuse, or it has nothing to do with the fact no, that he swings two hundred miles an happened. hour? Apparently, this happened. He named other players. <laughs> he was playing with other PGA Tour players. Their names escape me now. I can't believe I can't remember. Who the, who the hell is hanging out with Bryson? But he had such- Bryson DeChambeau in the free <laughs> time. He has such- <laughs> yeah, I need I need those names. Where are the ping pong tables? I, I need so those. Not like there's ping pong tables in every locker room on the PGA Tour, right? Or is there? I mean, we need. It sure seems like it. We need to, we need to ask somebody. I need to know those names too. You need to figure out who those people are. But he were. fell on his left hand and hit. So he said, and that's how he injured himself. I can't believe he even heard that. He said that in his presser, I think. Right after he said that he can't get a hold of Phil, that he's, quote, gone dark. I mean, how can you not? Golf is becoming like a pretty decent reality show right now. Maybe it's all just planned. It's maybe it's as scripted as Will Smith's slap at the Oscars. Um. By the way, the Grammys sucked too. Okay, you have four players, but you didn't name any of them. No, I didn't. Uh, sorry, uh, Cam Smith, one of them. Uh, I'm not sure for for whether that be for for outright. I don't. I don't know. He, well, he's he fits fourteen he, to sixteen ish to one. That is very short. It is very short. Um, I could see it be more of like a top ten. I think his 
his short game is just is too pristine not to do well here. And he drives the ball in the fairway. I'd be surprised if he's not somewhere near the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. Uh, he has previous experience to back it up. Um, another guy he is second in strokes gained total in the last 24 rounds, only to Justin Thomas and just ahead of Scotty Scheffler. So he's playing good that much. We know for sure. And he has great history. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like him. Yes. Hard to bet him in that range. Six points lower than Brooks, eight points lower than Jordan speed. Same price as Justin Thomas. And then uh, two guys that I I think are just coming into form. Uh, I saw two weeks ago, I thought Brooks played some fantastic golf at Dell. Uh, I feel like he's actually swinging the golf club freely for the first time since these injuries he's, uh, he's had. So if Brooks Kepka is swinging full bore and, and feels confident over the ball, he just he's a, he's going to be a force every uh, every major. So I don't really know as far as um, I think that'd be another probably a top twenty, top ten. I don't know. Let me see what his number is on top on the top ten. We should have been. That's I, that's when I feel foolish about. Cause I, I'm not a Brooks common Brooks backer, mm-hmm. but what was his price a few months ago? I don't even. And, and, and before Scottsdale, it was probably fifty. Which and rightfully so, right where it should have been, because he was playing some terrible golf. He looked like I mean, he, they never give you that good of numbers that far ahead of time, but so I it, still think I think you're right. I mean, he plays well here. He's playing better lately. It's, for some reason, people are not taking stock of his form properly. I no. don't think. I think he's playing well. No, I think so, he's, yeah, he's playing. I, I think he's in form for sure. Let's well, let's see here. Where is he on this? list and then I, I 49th sorry in strokes gain total over the last 24 that's not good is that 54th that, t to green 63rd in the around is his weakest category but none of these numbers are bad or really red so is that uh, including dell or is that stroke play it's gotta be stroke or kind of include dell there's no, I don't think there is any strokes gain data from the Dell. So I, I, I saw something the Dell. I saw something, something, something rang in my brain when I saw Brooks making some putts from distance, some good par saves, kind of what you need at the, at old Augusta. So I, I like Brooks. And then I also, I, I really like Dustin Johnson. I, I said his name two weeks ago. Uh, I think he's rounding in some really good form. He has three top tens in his last five starts. Uh, obviously he won. He did win the fake Masters uh, in 2020, in November 2020. But um, I think his form cannot be uh, overlooked right now, and I think he his game fits fits this course uh, decently well. Proven it, proven it in the past. So I like him. Okay, uh, was that three or four? I think that was three, right? DJ Brooks and Cam. Uh, so. I haven't decided if this is a joke. Did you did you watch the Tiger presser at all? Well, he's your fourth guy. He said so. Somebody asked him a simple question. It was like, it was like he, the guy came to him and the reporter said, "You've said numerous times over your career you don't show up to a place unless you expect to win." The question is simple: Do you expect to win the Masters this week? And and he like straight faced said, "I do." Like stared in the camera. It was electric factory <laughs> it <laughs> peter yeah. i haven't been that excited i wasn't watching i haven't been I that excited people... <laughs> in a long time long time my yeah, juices got flowing. yeah people started texting me so i figured they were fired up uh you you've you've i just i do think at the end of the day this you mentioned it at the start of talking about the masters this is the only course that they play every year there has to be something said about the knowledge that comes with playing this course since his first win 25 years ago. I think it's short enough. I think he, I watched him hit range balls the last or today. It was, it was a clinic. It was an absolute clinic. As long as he can just get around the golf course, like walk around the golf course, 
his swing looks that good, Peter. It looks, I mean, it looks really good. I have a, <laughs> I have one more oh, thing that I feel like I, I have to add in here because I'm starting to like, I'm starting, I'm starting a little bit of a Justin Leonard hate group uh, on this podcast. He said probably one of the more ridiculous things I've ever heard on a broadcast. They were talking, I mean, it was, it was live from the range, but it really should have, or live from the master's range, but it really should have been like live from, from Tiger Woods viewpoint at the master's. So they were talking, and finally, Justin Leonard said, the only reason Tiger wouldn't play right now is because of physical issues. <laughs> Thank you, Justin, for that for that input. So so you heard it here first. If, if he doesn't play, it's because he, he physically cannot play. <laughs> that's why you that's that's tune struggling in. Struggling to fill the time there a little bit, I guess. No commercials on the masters on that masters channel, so they are just it's just go go go. Well, you can get Tiger Woods at fifty to one if you think he's gonna. Well, uh, what who are you, who are your picks? So you got uh, we got we're dwindling down on uh, time here. Yeah, I don't know. My mind's a pretzel. I I think this event is pretty hard to bet. I mean, I at the top, I have like four guys circle this rom jt speeth and brooks um i like cam smith but I can, i'm not gonna pay the same price that it costs to get justin thomas for cam smith i can't i can't quite get there um maybe i'm foolish for that reason if he was in the 20 range i think i'd be like in that speed brooks neighborhood i might be a little more into it well, i don't know i was saying i gotta bet all four of those guys probably only bet one of them i'm not sure why but yeah i'm leaning towards jt just because the form is undeniable and like there's nothing wrong with the previous results if you can get it at 14 i think it's reasonable but like Rom at eleven, if Rom drifts anymore, he's the one that's got the most consistent record here. I mean, he makes Spieth's record look bad. Now he has trouble breaking through, but when you're in contention almost every year, the one year he shot us, the Hideki year he shot like a Sunday sixty-six, teed off early and backdoored it. But I mean, I'm leaning JT. I'm probably gonna bet Spieth the top ten. I might bet Rory to tap 10. Um, I might outright Brooks. I took some long shots, though, too, even though it's foolish because I can get these each ways. And there are some surprise winners here. I mean, I know I said that thing about a lot of 50 to 1 and unders, but, like, Mike Weir wasn't 50 to 1. No, and I, I truly think you can get a hot putter around here, maybe more so than there's just there's just so much. The green complex are, are so um, diverse that I, I think that if you just if somebody gets the ball rolling, they can be tough to beat. Well, and you can make a lot of birdies. Like you can mm-hmm. get hot. Yeah, Schwartzel just got hot mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon. I mean, he birdied four holes in a row on the back nine. So. Can you see Kevin now doing that? Because I can. I'm in at 200 to one. I don't hate that pick at all. I really don't. I think like he's a he's a perfect player for the Masters. I feel like if it's a if it's a winning score of like eight or nine, I like I like Kevin. Now. I think he's a grinder. He is a grinder. Probably he's even if it gets up into the teens, I think he can make birdies. Yeah. He can get how with the irons. He's a phenomenal scrambler. Good putter. You know he's gonna he's short. He's going to have to lay up on pretty much all the par fives. He's going to be, you know, hitting longer clubs into the greens. But we just talked about how Hideki was over par on the par fours and threes when he won. If you can, if you can still score par fives, then uh, you have a chance. And he's not so short that like a, I mean, Zach Johnson's freaking sh- as short as they come. So, Webb was 130. I couldn't help but clicking on that. I think that was a FanDuel number. I know he's broken. 
and he hasn't been playing very much. And when he does, it hasn't been great. But like he put together a couple nice rounds. At, I think it was Valspar before he faded. So it's still there. It's in there. He has a phenomenal record here. Again, I get it. He's shorter. He's going to have to do it a, a lot more with the short game. But this is his area of the country, the southeast, north of Florida, in the southeast, his web country. And 130 to 1 is just too good to pass up for me. Disrespectful to Mr. Mr. Simpson. Like, crazy. So you can get him, speaking of other bets, I wrote this down somewhere. I think he's plus 170 to top 30. He will possibly make my FanDuel finishing position parlay this week. And then the other of the 101 pluses that I got that's just absolutely burning money is Luke List at 130 to 1. Tell me the Luke List hitting that freaking high draw. <laughs> like he was low amateur here the last time he played here 17 years ago. What a, what a career, what a story, what an interesting trajectory to a career. But, you know, a guy that's technically underachieved over the course of his career kind of reminds me of Siwoo. It, it hit that same just towering ball fly, like it flush everything. You know, like, does Liz Luke List have the chops to hold up on a Sunday afternoon at Augusta National? Probably not. Does he have the game to be in contention on a Sunday and possibly hit an each way or cash a really long odds top 10? Yeah, I think it's possible. And I'm apparently I'm not the only one because I've seen other people touting him, but I got that at 130. Okay, I'm back. I, I had to scroll all the way down to 203rd to find Luke List on the putting stats on the PGA Tour, but I found him. He's there. He's There's no shot. Come on. What are you just, you're, you're a crazy man. However, I've added a name to my, to my, uh, I have five guys now. I love, I love Terrell Hatton. I think Terrell Hatton, I'm going to stick to the whole, I, I still think like the oh, birdies, don't, and birdies and putting don't. is key. Uh, Terrell Hatton is a machine on the greens. Leading, okay, here's leading, the, leading the tour on strokes game putting. I think he's a good. Just because, just because you don't understand anything about how the world works. I want to explain something to you. These are the strokes gained putting ranks of the Masters winners the years, the seasons leading up to their victory in April. Immelman in 08, 191. Cabrera, 63rd. Mickelson, 133rd. Schwarzel, 96. Bubba, 142. Scott, 130. Watson, 109. Spieth, Outlier, 9. Willett, 60. Sergio, 162. <laughs> Reed, 72. Wood, 74. DJ, 48. Matsuyama, 175. Well, Being to... a bad putter does not mean that you can't win here. I need to go back and look at 2000, 2021 then, I guess. Let me find Luke List in 2021. Let's see where he is. That is a common <laughs> misconception. Luke List. You can gain with the putter. But it's not a it's not a putting contest. It's about what you do between the tee and the green, as much as what it, what you do on the green. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll do it. We'll agree, disagree. I think it's like a, you can you have to put it in the right spots, but I think three putt avoidance is huge. Things like that. Luke I still can't believe that that Woods fourteen to number DJ DJ was nine to one when he won in November. People love that's ben crazy. Spieth was ten to one when he won in twenty fifteen. Talk about the heavy favorite. Yeah, there's Schwartz a hundred, Cabrera one twenty five, Emelman one fifty. It's not impossible. So anyway, oh, and did I say? Did I mention I got Siwoo at a hundred? You did not. Because you know, I, I mean, you know, I just, I bet, I just bet Siwoo, Rory, and Kevin Nye every week and call it a. It'll, call pay, it it'll a year. pay off here sooner rather than later. 
Um, so just with a couple minutes we have left, is there anybody else that you like or any bets that you really think are must-haves this week? Uh, no. No, I, I like the uh, I like the picks that I, I gave out. Um, but I don't this is Cam DJ Brooks and Tiger Tiger Woods, fifty to one. I certainly don't need to bet this tournament to enjoy it, like to enjoy everything about it. So this is no it's doubt. a rare it's a rare exception. Like I gotta I probably gotta put a few bucks on the Valero to get my eyes peeled open on that TV. But the Masters, not the case. So I'm just I'm just uh, just happy to be here. Excited to be here. All right. Well, I'm glad for you. It's going to be a great week. Sure will be. All right. I will uh, will send this over to you.